Okay, so we are in week four of this series, which is called Disciple. And each week we are talking about what it means to be a disciple. We're talking about uh, what it means to follow Jesus, what it means to be a, a real Christian, somebody who tries to live like a Christian. We've talked about prayer because everything has to start with prayer. When you're dealing with something hard, go to prayer. When you're having a great time, go to prayer. Uh, when, when you have questions, when you need answers, when you just need to talk, go to prayer. Now, you can talk to people and all of those things, but prayer is how everything begins because the more you pray, uh, the more you feel close to God, the more you are putting yourself out there, the more you're verbalizing what's wrong with you or thinking what's wrong with you, what's going through your mind and everything. Um, we've also talked about witness and what it means to be a witness and how to be a witness is actually all in how you treat people, how you, you live, how you love, how you act like Jesus, not just in taking a Bible, walking up to Sarah and punching her in the face with it. Cause, uh, that's not really helping anybody except maybe James and he's not here. So it doesn't matter. But uh, it's it's about actually living what is in the Bible. It's about actually loving God. It's about actually loving others. It's about actually treating people with respect. It's about listening. It's about all of those things. Because people should know you're a Christian by how you live, not by you saying anything. We talked about St. Francis of Assisi, who said, um, uh, witness... Uh, preach the gospel at all times and when necessary use words, which means everything that you are should be evident in how you live and how you act and how you treat people. And then last week we talked about service and how uh, the big takeaway from Jesus washing the disciples' feet is not just that feet are super gross, it is that um, Judas was there. Judas, who he knew was going to betray him. Judas, who had already put into motion to betray him. Judas, who was showing hateful things, doing evil things, doing worse things than anyone has ever done to anyone in this room. Uh, he was doing that to Jesus, and yet Jesus still washed his feet because that is not what made Jesus who he is. Jesus treated everyone with respect, with love, no matter what they did, no matter what they thought, no matter what they said, no matter what they believed. All of these are part of being a disciple. Uh, this week, we're talking about presence and for for me, presence comes into priorities. It comes into uh, what you put first and how you live your life. Now, as you get older, and most of you guys are facing this now, when you have sports and you have work and you have family responsibilities and you have all of these things, sometimes it's impossible to always go to church. So it's important to note right away, when I talk about priorities and putting God first, I'm not necessarily talking about church attendance. Now, if it comes to the point where you're like, man, you know what, I haven't played video games in a really long time, so I'm going to make Sunday night my video game night, that's different, because then you're having whacked out priorities. But what I'm talking is about is, even if you're... Uh, at the soccer field or at marching band, or even if you're uh, at your job, whatever it is, even if you're there, who are you serving? Why are you doing those things? Uh, what's number one in your life? Um, as for adults, there are a lot of adults who are nurses or cops or things, uh, professions where they can't be at church every single Sunday. It's impossible. And, and so it's how you worship during the week. It's you're there when you can. You Your priority is serving God. Your priority is doing everything you can to be Christ. So that's what we're going to talk about. And so I'm going to start with Matthew chapter 6, verses 19 through 34. Don't store up treasures here on earth where moths eat them and rust destroys them and where thieves break in and steal. Store your treasures in heaven where moths and rust cannot destroy and thieves do not break in and steal. Wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart also will be. This is about priorities. Where your heart is, is what you care about most. Uh, for adults, one of the things they say a lot when it comes to giving um, is where your checkbook goes or where your credit card statement goes. That's what you care about the most. So if you're writing a lot of checks to Target, then you care about Target the most, like that type of thing. But why would you? Walmart's better. But anyway, uh, so it's, it's where your priorities are 
is where your heart is, and where your heart is is what you serve. And, and so again, this goes, this gets kind of tricky um, because there are times where uh, you literally you have a game and you have to be there. You have uh, a competition and you have to be there. And you're like, man, I just I hate missing, but but I've got to go do this. And this is something that's important to me. This is something that that helps me be a Christian. This is something that helps me be a better person. That's fine. What I'm talking about with priorities is what happens the week that you don't have a game, that you don't have a competition. Where is your heart? Where is your priority all of those things for adults we face this too because sometimes we're tired after the work week and it's like man I don't want to get up on Sunday I'll just go next week when I was in college um, I didn't do anything bad I didn't rebel in that way but uh, I was a, I was a Christian but it was like man you know what nobody's going to call me if I just sleep on Sundays, and I'm really tired, and I was really tired, uh, and not from, but basically from staying up all night playing video games, because that's what I did, and do, but anyway, uh, and so, uh, I was, I was really tired, and so I'd start sleeping, and I would sleep, like, three, four Sundays in a row, uh, a couple times, like, I really, really needed it, and I had tests coming up, a and yet, the other times, it's like, I didn't really have an excuse, but I'd been sleeping, so who cares, and so, little by little, I felt my priority shift, and I started to feel different completely, and this is one of the things that led into, like, the worst period of my life with the depression that I've talked about before, uh, because I separated myself from the church in that way, and because my priority even though I didn't need to be away, uh, I, I was putting other things in front of God. I was putting myself in front of God. And, and so that's what he's saying. He's like, listen, what you go through on earth is going to be important to you. And if somebody says, well, that shouldn't be important. If it's important to you, it's important. But it cannot ever be number one. It cannot ever be the top thing in your life. And so that's something that you personally have to figure out on yourself because I can't go and tell you this is what your schedule should be. And nobody can go and tell me this is what your schedule should be. Actually, my boss can, and that's how that works. But uh, for you guys, no, but, well, your parents kind of can. But anyway, uh, like you, it's, it's on you, especially as you grow. Like It's on you, and so you have to determine, well, this is what I think is right, and I feel God in this. That's fine, but it's all in who you serve. I want to go to the next verse. Uh, the web shooters are really bothering me right now. Your eye is like a lamp that provides light for your body. Uh, when your eye is healthy, your whole body is filled with light. But when your eye is unhealthy, your whole body is filled with darkness. And it, if the light you think you have is actually darkness, uh, how deep that darkness is. No one can serve two masters, for you will hate one and love the other. You will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and be enslaved to money. So he specifically talks about money because he's talking to the Pharisees who cared very much about money. And basically what he's saying there with you can't serve one, uh, you can't serve both, you have to choose, is you can try to do two things for a long time. Like you can try to give your all to marching band. Let's go with that. You try to give your all to marching band, but you also want to be on the football team. So you try to give your all to the football team. And you also want to be on the soccer team. So you try to give your all on the soccer team. Now there's a huge problem that most of you guys that do any of those realize right now. And I'm not just talking about the amount of practice that goes into each of those. I'm talking about the fact that they happen at the same time of the year and the games coincide and the competitions coincide and all of these things go against each other. Uh, some of you are finding this out with work and with study and with uh, uh, extracurriculars and sports and all this stuff. It's like, how can I have time to do all of this? A and so what he's saying is you can't give everything to everything. No matter what you do, you cannot give everything you have to everything you do. You can give all of yourself to one thing, and then you can give everything left to the second. So God has to be number one. And the reason for that is because if you find your identity in anything else, it will fail. Uh, one of the things that I talk about a lot and that I will talk about 
about a lot is identity because it's something that I've learned over the course of my life. All of us define ourselves by what other people think to a certain extent. We define ourselves by what we do to a certain extent. We define ourselves by what people say to a certain extent, but that always changes. So let's just go through it. Let's say that you have uh, the love of your life, your boyfriend, your girlfriend, and it's like you, you met when you're 14 and you cannot imagine a love being greater and you know that you're going to get married and you maybe even get married three or four times or something. But it's like you know that it's going to be perfect and you know that you're going to have like a million kids, which is a bad, bad, bad idea. But you're like, you know that everything is going to be wonderful. And you define yourself. I am this person's girlfriend. I am this person's boyfriend. This is who I am. I want to be known as Mrs. Whatever or Mr. Whatever. Like, I want to be that to be my identity. Well, what happens if they move? Or what happens if you break up? What happens if they cheat on you? What happens if, if you just grow apart? You go to different colleges. Then if your identity is in being their boyfriend or girlfriend, you're broken. Like, you're like, I, I can't do this. And you probably have known people that, that have felt like this. And I'm not saying that when you break up, it's not going to hurt, because it will no matter what. But if your identity is being that person's significant other, and that's who you are, that's how you define yourself, somebody says, hey, what, what is the most important thing to you? Well, my boyfriend, my girlfriend. Then if that breaks up, and I have really bad news for you, not everybody, but most relationships don't go to marriage, especially when you're younger. Now, sometimes it do, does. I know people who met in high school and ended up getting married. It happens. But most relationships, until you get married, they break up, and it sucks, and it hurts. But if you define yourself by that, then when you lose that, you're crushed. Now let's go to sports. Sports are amazing, and I watch sports. I love them. IU is 6-2, and two, bowl ready. It's awesome. We're actually like third place in the Big Ten right now, which is nuts. Doesn't matter who we play, just be quiet. And so, and so, I care very much about that. But let's say that, let's say that, uh, let's say that Ben is the greatest quarterback in the entire uh, state. And like, he is like, I am just the best. I am the next Tom Brady, Joe Montana, Andy Dalton. No, let's go somebody good. I'm the next, I am the next great quarterback. And everybody is recruiting him, like, already. Everybody is, like, ready for him to play. Everybody is, like, he's got to come to this school. And they're, like, dropping off uh, Mercedes Benz in his parking lot, in his parking in his driveway, and just kind of leaving him there with, like, a, a Michigan sticker on it or something. Like, hey, who knows how it got there, that type of thing. Um, and and so he's like, he's, he's like, I'm a quarterback. Like, this is who I am. And he walks through school. Like, he's got a football in his hand at all times. You're like, how does he take tests or use the bathroom? This is nuts. But he's just, he always has a football in his hand. He always has his jersey on. And he's going to be a quarterback. That's who he is. And then he goes out and he plays and he breaks his knee. And he can't ever play again. There's a quarterback, most of you won't know, Joe Theismann. He got his leg snapped in half by Lawrence Taylor, and he never played again. More recently, Alex Smith, same team, sadly, the Redskins, uh, he had his leg broken, and the surgeries went bad, and he can never play again. There are people where this happens to them. Anthony Hardaway, a great NBA player, was could have been as good as Kobe, uh, just had injury after injury and never could get through it. So if you define yourself by that position, by your sport, by band, by even your grades, something like that, if you get hurt or if you fail or if something goes badly, then your identity is gone and you're left with so much worse because it sucks when you get hurt or when you fail anyway, when you get dumped anyway. But if that's who you are and that's how you see yourself and you're like, this is who I am, 
then it's so much worse. That's why God has to be the number one priority. That's why God has to be the number one priority. And this is, like, the stuff that I said for, for the identity, it's not bad. Like, it's not bad to play sports. It's not bad to get good grades. It's not bad uh, to have a relationship. It's not bad to be a wonderful son or daughter. It's not bad to be a good brother or sister. It's not bad to, to see yourself as any of those things. Um, sorry, she left. Anyway, uh, it's not bad for any of those things to, to be a part of your life. But if that is all that you are, if you see yourself as that, then when that changes, and at some point it will, because after high school, there's no more high school sports. There's no more marching band. After college, there's no more school to do. There's no more things like that. Like when you're an adult and you're working, like that always changes. How people see you always changes. Uh, one of the things that I like to say all of the people that right now you're worried about what they think of you in school or whatever else, uh, you're worried about fitting in, you're worried about the popularity, you're worried about what they think, how they think of you, what they, where, where they perceive you, all of those things. In five years, you're not going to know most of them. Now, you're going to know your friends, but like the cool kids at school that make fun of you or don't make fun of you, you're not going to know them. I can't name most of the people from my high school, and I cared very much about what they thought then. Uh, the other adults here can tell you, like, you don't remember the people that were so cool and popular then because they're out of your life. And, and, and a lot of them, they define themselves by that, and so they stay in their town, and that's who they are. Now, it's not wrong to be popular, none of that stuff. What I'm saying is, if you define yourself by anything other than God, it will fall apart. If your priority for number one is anything other than God, it will fail. But if you define yourself, I am a, a child of God, I am a Christian, I serve him, no matter what else you do, then that never changes because God will never stop loving you. There is nothing that you can ever do or can ever think or can ever have done. That's weird grammar, but it's still positive. Uh, but there's nothing else in your life that can ever make him not love you. He will always love you. He will always love you. And so you'll always have that definition. Other people may leave your life. I've had people uh, say that they loved me and then go away and not care anymore and, and even actively block me or hate me or whatever else. And it happens and it hurts and it sucks. And sometimes I don't handle it well, but it, it, it's not how I define myself anymore. But if you define yourself as a Christian, and then everything else is still fine because if you put that number one and you're like, okay, I'm a Christian first. I'm a Christian soccer player. I'm a Christian football player. I'm a Christian band member. I'm a Christian rodeoer. I'm a Christian llama. I'm a Christian whatever. Uh, and that's how I define myself. Then that's good because that identity will never change. I like some of you are looking around to see what I meant by llama, but that's okay. But it, it's like your identity, if it's found in Christ, it will never change. And that's what God is saying about not serving two masters. He's not saying that you can't have money. He's not saying you can't play sports. He's not saying you can't play, uh, have good grades. He's not saying don't do your homework and don't go home and tell your parents, just said I didn't have to do my homework because God's number one. I'm just going to sit here and pray all day. No. He's saying you have to give your heart to him because it's not for him. It's for you because he will never fail you. And so he knows that that will never hurt. You'll never lose that. It'll never go away. The other things may, but you'll always have that. And the other things will still hurt, but you'll always have that number one. So that's what priorities mean. Uh, next verse. That is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life, uh, whether you have enough food and drink or enough clothes to wear. Isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? Look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns for your heavenly father feeds them. And aren't you far more valuable to him than they are? Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? Uh, as you get older, and some of you now, like money becomes a really big deal. And, and not just, like right now, 
everybody here can mostly afford to be picky. You can afford to be like, I don't eat round turkey or something like that. You can afford to be like, I only eat this fast food and not that fast food because you're not really paying for it. And so it's okay. Uh, now, as you get older and you actually pay for things, you find that it's more important that you can afford to eat than you can afford what to eat. Now, I'm not saying that you start eating garbage and anything like that. I'm saying uh, chocolate chip cookies in a trash can, we'll talk. But anyway, I'm saying, I'm saying that as you get older, you realize that your priority is no longer like uh, necessarily pickiness. It's being able to eat, period. There have been times in my life where I didn't know if I'd be able to afford the next meal. And so he's saying, listen, you can work a seven-day-a-week, 24-hour job, and you're going to make a lot of money, and you're going to be able to afford a lot of things, but you don't have any time to do any of that. And so you, you have to, he's not saying in this, well, don't work. Just sit there and wait for somebody to bring you food or wait for somebody to bring you money because that's not going to happen. What he's saying is your priority still has to be God first. Now, do your job, uh, have a career, do your schoolwork, do all of these things to help you earn things. But don't start fretting if you can't go to Ruth Chris every night or something like that. I think that's the right restaurant. But it's like, don't start fretting if you can't afford like a, a, an 80-pound steak every night. Uh, just remember, the priority is just to be able to eat, to be able to live the best life, to be able to live for him. Uh, and, and, and like the clothes you wear, things like that. Uh, again, I'm not saying go to Big Lots and Shop, but if you do, who cares? Uh, because name brands change. Name brands, when I was a kid, were like uh, dinosaur athletic and things like that. And so they don't matter anymore, although Nike lasts. But anyway, uh, and, and I'm wearing like a Tommy Hilfiger jacket, and most of you probably have no idea what that is because it was cool in like 1932. And so it, it's like all of these things change. And, and so <laughs> next verse. And why worry about your clothing? Look at the lilies of the field and how they grow. They don't work or make their clothing. Yet Solomon in all his glory was not dressed as beautifully as they are. And if God cares so wonderfully for wildflowers that are here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. Why do you have so little faith? So don't worry about these things saying, what will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? Th these are things that dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. But your heavenly father already knows all your needs. Um, one of the things that I've seen a lot as a youth pastor is uh, a kid will get close to college, like junior, senior year, and they'll start really worrying about saving, which is cool. Uh, if you've talked to me about this, this is not about you. I'm talking actually from Seymour experience. A and so it's like you start to worry about that. And maybe even as a sophomore, you start to worry about money a little bit. And so like, well, if I go to uh, this factory over here, they're going to pay $20 an hour. And it's like I said, for, for seven days a week, it starts out like we're going to pay five days a week. 12 hour days and you're like wow 12 times 24 that's a lot of money i'm going to be making more than my parents and then they're like but you also have to do this and then you're like as long as i'm off for church as long as i'm off for for practice as long as i'm off for family things and I'm like okay okay and then a week later they're like tough because you signed this contract and you're getting this and you're like well at least i have all this money and again you're like what am I doing with it? So what I see a lot is people see a job, a career, something like that, like a factory, something that's short term, and they start to make all of this money. And then it comes time for college, like, man, 
I don't want to take a break for college to have my career when I'm already making more money than I'll make as an adult. So I'm going to keep doing this and I'll take a gap year. And then it's another year and then it's another year. And then they're 75 and they're still working in the same factory. Now, there's nothing wrong if that is something that you love to do. There's nothing wrong if that is the path that you've chosen. But if your dream was something else and you let money derail it, then that's the wrong priorities. And so that's what I'm saying with all of this, because money is going to come and go. Now, believe me, more than most people, I understand understand the importance of money and I understand debt and I understand barely having any money to survive. I've talked about in Seymour when I, I had barely enough money. I was essentially in poverty and, and it sucked and it was hard and I don't want to go back to that. But more important than that is that I continue to do my best to serve the Lord. I continue to do my best at church. I continue to do my best to help others. And sometimes I actually would give people money. And this isn't about me. This is about the fact that money is not something that you can keep when you die. It's not something that matters ultimately. Money is there to pay bills. It's there to buy things. It's not something that gives you status. Uh, same with food. Like food is there to sustain you. I'm not saying don't have taste. I'm not saying don't store money. I'm not saying don't be rich. If you get rich, fine. Give me money. That's cool. But what I'm saying is that is not the most important thing. Your priority has to be God number one. And if your priority is God number one and you still get rich, awesome, sweet, tithe 10%. If your priority is God number one and you're still able to go out to eat every night to the best places, you're still able to wear the best brand names, you're still able to be super cool, great. But God's number one. But if all of your worries are about what you look like and what you're going to eat and how much money you're going to have, then you've got to really reassess these things. My great-grandma used to say, that worrying is like a rocking chair because if you're like I'm getting in my rocking chair and I want to go somewhere I'm gonna rock and rock and use all my energy you're not moving like you're staying there now some of you're like I can make a rocking chair move congratulations you're still not gonna get down the highway and so it is yes and so the point is worrying does not affect anything and believe me I am the type of person where if I'm getting ready to go to bed and something pops in my mind like a bill is due or a debt is due or something is going to happen later it is very hard for me to then go to bed because all I can think about is that and it's like okay it's like three o'clock in the morning I can't literally I literally cannot do anything about this and so I have to force myself to stop worrying um, it's not bad to be concerned. It's not bad to, to think about things. It's not bad to plan for things. But when you let worry affect who you are, you let worry affect what you do, you let worry affect how you serve God, then it is wrong. And that's what Jesus is saying. Last scripture. Uh, Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. So don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. The great thing about all of the stresses you're facing right now is tomorrow you're going to have even more stresses. And by that I mean that if you're like, I have to solve everything today by midnight or nothing's going to ever work. And like the adults can kind of speak to this. If you're like, I've got to pay every bill. I was actually just thinking this the other day because it's like, okay, I've got to set this aside. I've got to pay rent and I've got to pay my energy and I've got to pay my college loan and I've got to pay uh, my cable and I've got to pay all this stuff. And then I'm like, okay, I'm halfway through the month. So I just, I'm going to save a little bit and I've got to tithe and I've got to do this and that. And I'm like, man, it's almost the next month again. And so I've got to do all this again. And it's so it becomes like this, this thing that happens all the time which is the same thing with worries. You're always going to have something to worry about. And so you can live your life always worrying every day and making every day about that worry. Or you can live your life saying, okay, I'm going to do my best. I am going to do my best. God's number one. and I'm going to serve him above all else. And I'm going to do everything I can. And I'm going to do that every day. And I'm going to plan. And I'm going to do everything I can to get help. I'm going to do everything I can to give help. And then as it comes up, 
It'll come up. And so I will take care of it then, and I will trust him. I will pray. I will have people in my life that can help me understand how to deal with things. And then you go through it because you will drive yourself insane if you spend your entire life, especially starting now in middle school and high school. Uh, by the time you're mine or Rob's age, like you're going to have gray hair. Can you imagine having gray hair? And, and it's like you're going to have so many worries and stress, and, and it's just going to be crazy. But if you learn how to deal with things now, if you learn how to give things to God now, if you learn how to do your best, how to understand that if you do your best, that's all that you can do. You can't do somebody else's best. But if you do your best and you serve God first, you find your identity in Him, then you will find that while you still have stresses, you still have worries, you're able to deal with them each day rather than worry and make yourself not sleep and all of these things. And so that's what He's saying. That's what priorities are. That's what presence is. That's what it means to be a disciple is you set your priorities. You set your identity. God, number one. Everything else, number two or whatever. Uh, doesn't mean you don't care about the other things. Doesn't mean you don't care about your family. Uh, but, but you love God most, and that informs, that qualifies, that identifies every other thing that you are. That's all I got.